Hi, I'm Erica Goodmistead, Population Reference Bureau's multimedia producer. The interview you're about to hear is a conversation between Mia Foreman, a policy analyst at PRB, and Janet Myers, the Deputy Director of Health Policy and Practice at International Medical Corps, about the importance of reproductive health care during a humanitarian crisis. If you'd like to learn more about this and many other population topics, check out our website at www.prb.org. Be sure to visit our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter at PRB Data. Thanks for listening. Well, Janet, I know you've had many years of experience working within reproductive health and in humanitarian responses around the world. So I just wanted to know why is the provision of reproductive health during a humanitarian conflict or response such an important part of dealing with any crisis? Reproductive health is a very important piece of a health response in any emergencies for a number of reasons. But one of the key things to remember is that about 4% of any crisis-affected population is going to be pregnant. So right there, if you think about a population of 100,000 people, that means about 4,000 of them are going to be pregnant, and they're going to be requiring all the services that are needed to ensure a clean and safe delivery. And 15% of any deliveries require some kind of medical intervention. And so that also justifies the importance of really focusing on provision of emergency obstetric care and emergency newborn care in any humanitarian setting. And oftentimes in an emergency, the health system is destroyed, whether it be a uh, natural disaster or some kind of a uh, conflict situation. And health workers are frequently very badly affected by the crisis as well. And so it requires a lot of effort to make sure that you are able to provide complex services such as emergency obstetric and newborn care immediately after an emergency happens. I gather that a lot of international organizations that deal with humanitarian response, the support to get reproductive health within the programming that they do, it's grown over the last 10 years, but it's still a challenge, I'm sure, in some ways. So what are some of the challenges of getting reproductive health within your scope of work? I think that there has been a lot of really um, encouraging progress made over the last 10, 15 years. After the tsunami, very few organizations were aware of the minimum initial service package, which is an interagency standard for what should be implemented as life-saving in reproductive health. It is now something that many organizations are very familiar with, but that said, there are many challenges with the actual implementation. It requires a lot of coordination across different sectors. For example, if you are working to prevent um, sexual violence, it requires working closely with those involved in food distribution, the water and sanitation folks, the camp management people, those doing other kinds of distributions, the protection group, as well as the health sector because they're responsible for providing the clinical treatment for sexual violence. But for the prevention, there's many different things you can do to integrate prevention of sexual violence into these other sectors. You mentioned the interagency working group on reproductive health. Do you want to just explain what that is a little bit more? The Interagency Working Group for Reproductive Health is a very large voluntary 
coordination group that is led by a steering committee and is made up of uh, various UN agencies, government representatives, local and international NGOs, donors, and organizes meetings about every year, year and a half, where a lot of implementation um, strategies and innovations are shared and discussed and research questions are raised. And it really is a great opportunity for just learning from whatever has been implemented to date and to then identifying what the next steps are in terms of making reproductive health services available in all emergency settings. And the interagency working group is currently doing a global evaluation of what the response is in terms of providing reproductive health care in emergency settings. So what are some of the areas that are being monitored through this evaluation? So this um, evaluation we'd like to do is to uh, document with sufficient rigor what some of the outcomes and impacts have been of these different efforts that are being undertaken and hopefully guide us in terms of what should be the focus going forward. So we're looking at capacity of various organizations that are involved in humanitarian response and we're also looking at coverage of the MISP in a fairly recent emergency setting and we're looking to do more in-depth kinds of studies in some places to learn more about what are some of the implementation challenges, what are some of the promising practices and innovations that are showing success so that we can scale those up or maybe do further research on those. One of the things I've researched or some, through my reading is that it's a difficult period to go from an emergency response to development. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like or what has that looked like to you when you've been in the field of that transition of providing reproductive health to just providing general development assistance? It really requires building preparedness into our development programming and resilience strategies into our development programming, meaning that we be aware of what are some of the threats and vulnerabilities and capacities of the communities that we're working with and the governments that we're working with to withstand various shocks to their particular setting and to build that into the design of our activities, whether it be development response or transition programming. There is this effort on the part of donors, on the part of all the actors that are responding to emergencies to really bring all of those different concepts together and to think about what that means. And one of the things that I see is really tying all of this together is really focusing on gender and thinking about how men, women, boys and girls are affected differently by these different kinds of shocks and then planning our services accordingly so that these do lead to something that's a more sustainable kind of response that will contribute to development and making that community stronger or that government stronger in the future or maybe able to even prevent that particular type of emergency from happening again.